Blog Talk Radio. And that was his, god, his grandfather, 
family anticipated that Miguel would embrace their centuries-old legacy of healing and teaching and carry forward the esoteric Toltec knowledge. However, instead, distracted by modern life, Miguel chose to attend medical school and become a surgeon. However, a near-death experience changed his life. Late one night in the early 1970s, he awoke suddenly, having fallen asleep at the wheel of his car. And at that instant, the car careened into a wall of concrete, and Don Miguel remembered that he was not in his physical body as he pulled his two friends to safety. Stunned by this experience, he began an extensive practice of self-inquiry. He devoted himself to the mastery of the ancient wisdom, studying earnestly with his mother and completing an apprenticeship with a powerful shaman in the Mexican desert. His grandfather, who had since passed on, continued to teach him in his dreams. In the initiation of the Taltic, a Negral guides an individual to personal freedom. And Don Miguel Ruiz, a Negral from the Eagle Knight lineage, had dedicated his life to sharing the wisdom of the ancient Taltic. In the Four Agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz reveals the source of self-limiting beliefs that rob us of joy and create a need of suffering. And based on the ancient Taltic wisdom, the Four Agreements offer a powerful code of conduct that can rapidly transform our lives to a new experience of freedom true happiness, as well as love. And as I mentioned last month, I interviewed Dr. Maladomisome on my show on October 23, 2010. And at that time, he talked about the healing attributes of the African drum and its relationship with our ancestors, our family, and the collective community. And I'd like to suggest that you log into that show on my blog talk radio site and click on the archives to listen to that segment when you get a chance. I also mentioned earlier that uh, I have a new program that I've created, and it's called the One Billion Drumming for Peace Group Network. It came to me from spirit that every family within the African diaspora and other communities that are committed to healing and reconnecting to our African roots should have an African drum in their home. And the goal is to have at least one million homes with drums by the end of the year of 2011. And to have this grow exponentially each following year until it reaches the total of one billion. And I'm talking about one billion families having a designated drummer who will be drumming for peace and to celebrate our African heritage and our rituals. It is my hope that the prayer with prayer that this will happen in my lifetime. And, of course, uh, we want the baton to be passed on to future generations to reach this goal. Uh, you can join um, my network in the group by going to Facebook, or should I say just logging on to the website at www.drumsoffreedom.com. And if you're interested also in purchasing an African drum, just in time for the celebration of Black History Month this coming February, uh, please feel free to go to my website, and that's www.drumsofchangedrumsofspirit.com. Or you can just go to simply drumsofchange.com. And, oh, yes, you will be able to purchase drums via my associate partnership with Amazon.com. And with some drums, their price, believe it or not, is low as $29, even lower than that, $19. And some are including the shipping and handling. 
And uh, these drums, by the way, are expertly crafted by artisans, artisans within Africa, primarily West Africa, Ghana, and Kenya. And some of these drums you might call uh, beginning drums or starter drums, which make a perfect gift for our youngsters. And there you also find drums for adults and those of you who are experienced and professional drummers. And, of course, we recommend that you go to your local African drum store in your neighborhood so that you can support the merchants in your local community. Uh, the drums that you purchase from my site will financially support the brothers and sisters in Africa who make them and export them here and abroad. So please take a look at um, the YouTube video on the front page of my website. That's Drums of Change, drumsofspirit.com. And the video was done during President Obama's inauguration in honor of our ancestors, as well as his becoming the first African-American president. And at the end of the video, I also talk about the African drum and why I've been playing uh, percussion, particularly the African drum, for the last 25 years plus. As always, I invite you to call in with your comments about the book itself. And by the way, you can go to the uh, front page of, of my site here, Blog Talk, and purchase the book, or you can go to my website at Drums of Change, Drums of Spirit, to my bookstore, and you can purchase the book there. And some of the books that are sold by Amazon, um, some of them are used, and you can get a book even as low. My wife was just telling me there was a book listed for $1.00. Uh, so, indeed, you can get some very good bargains. And, by the way, I just would like to mention that my wife, Spirit Change, is here co-hosting with me. And uh, how you doing, hon? Peace and blessings. <laughs> yes, so, indeed, please uh, feel free to go to my website and purchase drums as well as books. Uh, we even have books that teach you how to drum. And I also wanted to mention, I didn't mention this before, but you can go to YouTube and I'm going to start uploading links on my website of drumming, African drum instructions on YouTube that you can avail yourself to, which means that, you know, you don't have to pay a lot of money or any money at all, for that matter, to get drum lessons, at least preliminary drum lessons. And, of course, there's nothing like having a one-on-one -on -one experience and a tactile experience of, of someone showing you how to place your hands and, and getting the sound, you know, face-to-face, uh, -face, ear to ear in terms of the authenticity. I'd like you to join me, of course, when I read these, this book titled The Four Agreements. And one of the reasons why I do read various books such as The Four Agreements is that there are some of us who are illiterate, who can't read. Some of us are confined to our homes or uh, are they're, in, they're sick in bed, in a hospital, at home. Some cannot see. Some of us are blind. So any impairment, that one of us may have, uh, and anyone that you know who has an impairment, we recommend that you have them tune in to our show so that they can actually hear me and my wife as well on her show. She reads books like I do that she thinks, that we think are of mutual interest. But I'd just like to add, have you experienced any of the traditions, cultural traditions or family traditions that are mentioned in the Four agreements, such as having impeccable speech, doing your best, don't take anything personal, and don't make assumptions. I think one of those laws, those four agreements, is somewhat universal. This show would also inform you of, and share with you 
practical tips for enhancing your overall quality of life, spirit, mind, and body. And, of course, as always, I must add that I'm not a medical doctor, and I'm not giving medical advice in any way, but what I do share is what personally works for me and my family, and I hope that you, too, will find some benefit in what we share with you. But as with all things, check with a licensed medical perfection, professional rather, before embarking on any changes in your health routine that you might hear me suggest. I will take a short break now, and when I return, I will begin reading from the four agreements. The chat room is open. I see that there are a few of you on the chat room right now. My wife is uh, co-hosting and interacting with you, and I just want you to definitely feel free to enter and interact with each other. And for those of you who are listening on the Internet, the call-in number is 323-927-1412. And if you wish to speak with us, please remove your headsets and, and stand away if you can from the computer modem and, you know, to avoid feedback. I hope you will enjoy the show. Be back with you in a moment. goes through you, and you're trapped in the dream of hell. 
What causes you to be trapped is what we call importance, personal importance. And personal importance or taking things personally is the maximum expression of selfishness because we make the assumption that everything is about me. During the period of our education, of our domestication, we learn to take everything personally. We think we are responsible for everything. Me, 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 always me. Nothing other people do is because of you. It is because of themselves. All people live in their own dream, in their own mind. They're in a completely different world from the one that we live in. When we take something personally, we make the assumption that they know what it is in our world, and we try to impose our world on their world. On their world. Even when a situation seems so personal, even if other insult, others insult you directly, it has nothing to do with you. What they say, what they do, and the opinions they give are according to the agreements they have in their own minds. Their point of view comes from all the programming they receive during domestication. If anyone gives you an opinion and says, hey, you look so fat, don't take it personally. Because the truth is that this person is dealing with his or, own, his or her own feelings, beliefs, and opinions. That person tried to send poison to you, and if you take it personally, then you take the poison and it becomes yours. Taking things personally make you easy prey for those predators, the black musicians. They can hook you easily with one little opinion and feed you whatever poison they want. And because you take it personally, you eat it up. You eat all their emotional garbage. And now it becomes your garbage. But if you do not take it personally, you are immune to the middle of hell. Immunity to poison is the middle of hell. It is the gift of this agreement. When you take things personally, then you feel offended, and your reaction is to defend your beliefs and create conflicts. You make something big out of something so little because you have the need to be right and make everyone else wrong. You also try hard to be right by giving them your own opinion. In the same way, whatever you feel and do is just a projection of your own personal dreams, a reflection of your own agreements. What you say, what you do, and the opinions you have are according to the agreements you have made, and those opinions have nothing to do with me. It is not important to me what you think about me, and I don't think, I don't take what you think personally. I don't take it personally when people say, Miguel, you are the best. And I don't take it personally when they say, Miguel, you are the worst. I know that when you are happy, you tell me, you will tell me, Miguel, you are such an angel. But when you are mad at me, you will say, oh, Miguel, you are such a devil. You are so disgusting. How can you say these things? Either way, it does not affect me because I know what I am. I don't have the need to be accepted. I don't have the need to have someone tell me, Miguel, you are doing so good. And how dare you do that? No, I don't take it personally. Whatever you think, whatever you feel, I know it's your problem 
and it's not my problem. It is the way you see the world. It is nothing personal because you are dealing with yourself, not with me. Others are going to have their own opinion according to their belief system. So nothing they think about me is really about me, but is about them. You may even tell me, Miguel, what you are saying is hurting me. But it is not what I'm saying that is hurting you. It is that you have wounds that I touched by what I have said. You are hurting yourself. There is no way that I can take this personally. Not because I don't believe in you or don't trust you, but because I know that you are, that you see the world with different eyes and with your eyes. You create an entire picture of movie in your mind, and in that picture you are the di- director, you are the producer, and you are the main actor or actress. Everyone else in the movie is a secondary actor or actress. It is your movie. The way that you see that movie is according to the agreements that you have made with life. Your point of view is something personal you, personal to you. It is no one's truth but yours. Then if you get mad at me, I know you are dealing with yourself. I am the excuse for you to get mad. And you get mad because you are afraid, because you are dealing with fear. If you're not afraid, then it is no way that you will get mad at me. And if you're not afraid, there is no way that you will hate me. And if you're not afraid, there is no way that you will be jealous or sad. And if you live without fear, and if you love, there is no place for any of those emotions. And if you don't feel any of those emotions, it is logical that you will feel good. And when you feel good, everything around you is good. When everything around you is great, everything makes you happy. You are loving everything that is around you because you are loving yourself, because you like the way you are, because you are content with you, because you are happy with your life. You are happy with the movie that you are producing, happy with your agreements with life. You are at peace and you are happy. You live in the state of bliss where everything is so wonderful and everything is so beautiful, and in that state of bliss you are making love all the time with everything that you perceive. Well, with that, I'm going to take another break and um, maybe share some thoughts with you about what I just read. And, of course, those of you in the chat room, if you, if you wish to call, please feel free to give a call and share your opinions as well. I will be right back with you in a moment.
talking about the full agreement, the section that deals with uh, don't take anything personal. And um, such a very intense uh, mental mindset to be in, to maintain. Because uh, early in the book, we were, I shared a story with Don Miguel, uh, shares a story about the little girl whose mother tells her she's singing. And the mother tells her, oh, you know, stop singing. You sound horrible. And the young girl had a very nice voice. But because her mother said that she sounded horrible, she... Uh, she stopped singing, and she carried that on into her adult life. Well, sure, wouldn't you? <laughs> Absolutely. Because, you know, our mother and our father, uh, they're the most uh, impressionable people in our lives. Right. They're the ones who domesticate us, as, he, as Miguel talks about uh, the domestication process. So there's so many of us who are told certain things, even as being an African-American. Uh, we have from generation to generation where we have heard up until this, this past, this recent generation, that we're not worthy, you know, that we can't learn, we can't, we can't discipline ourselves, we're not hard workers and whatnot. Of course, just the opposite is true. Some of the most great, most of the most, uh, the most profound inventions were created by those of us who were born in Africa uh, who, who's uh, dis descendants are from Africa. There are many of us who, because of our skin tone, are embarrassed because of that, because of our hair texture. Uh, and we can go on and on. The way we dress, how we take things personal. And we live our lives sometimes trying to emulate others who uh, we think we should emulate to look nice, to be accepted, so that we're not insulted. And it's interesting that he says that we are our own we write our own script, you know, we are the producer of our movie. So uh indeed we have the capacity to to just shield ourselves, to annoy ourselves from a spiritual perspective. And that can be done by prayer, by affirmations, talking to yourself in a very positive and loving way, letting yourself know that you're 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 a worthy person, that you're a beautiful person, that you're an attractive person, that you're an intelligent, you're very wise, and that you have something to contribute to yourself as a human being and to the rest of humanity. You know, and that self-talk of love allows you to indeed wake up in the morning and, and feeling refreshed, feeling good with yourself, having a loving uh, uh, presence, and eliminating all those things which indeed are involved about what people think about themselves when it's not about you. They're thinking about their own reality, their own dream. That's one of the reasons why it's so good not to wake up and turning, turn on the radio, turn on the TV for news coverage. Because that does not allow you to start your day thinking on a positive note about life, about yourself, about humankind for that matter. You know, the moment if you turn on the radio, even in terms of the weather. I mean, some of us that work in the morning and we have to travel and drive and, and traverse the, the terrain, yes, we have to be concerned about the weather. But uh, that should not be the first thing that we hear in our inner voice. We should be hearing things that are about elevation, higher self, about the most high, actually, preferably those of us who have a spiritual and religious orientation. So... Uh, 
I'm just so so happy I'm reading this this uh, again and having the opportunity to share this. All right, I left off uh, almost towards the end of Chapter 3. We have a few more pages. And I'm going to continue. Whatever people do, feel, think, or say, don't take it personally. If they tell you how wonderful you are, they are not saying that because of you. They know you are wonderful. It is not necessary to believe other people who tell you that you are wonderful. Don't take anything personal. If someone got a gun and shot you in the head, it was nothing personal, even at that extreme. Even if the opinion that you have about yourself are not necessarily true, therefore you don't need to take whatever you hear in your own mind personally. The mind has the ability to talk to itself, but it also has the ability to hear information that is available from other realms. Sometimes you hear a voice in your mind, and you may wonder what, well, should I say, you may wonder where it came from. This voice may have come from another reality in which there are living beings very similar to the human mind. The tall texts call these beings aliens. Allies, actually. Yes, A-L-L-I-E-S. In Europe, Africa, and India, they call them the gods. Our mind is, also exists in the level of the gods. Our mind also lives in that reality and can, can perceive that reality. The mind sees with the eyes and, and perceives this waking reality. But the mind also sees and perceives without the eyes, although the reason is hardly aware of this perception. The mind lives in more than one dimension. There may be times when you have ideas that don't originate in your mind, but you are perceiving them with your mind. You have the right to believe or not believe these voices and the right not to take what they say personally. We have a choice whether or not to believe the voices we hear within our own minds, just as we have a choice of what to believe and agree with in the dream of the planet. The mind can also talk and listen to itself. The mind is divided as your body is divided, just as you can say, I have one hand and I, have, and I shake my other hand and feel the other hand. The mind can talk to itself. And part of the mind is speaking, and the other part is listening. It is a big problem when a thousand parts of your mind are all speaking at the same time, and that is called metoti. Remember, the metoti can be compared to a huge marketplace where thousands of people are talking and, and blattering and bothering at the same time. Each one has different thoughts and feelings. Each one has a different point of view. The programming in the mind, all of these agreements we have made, are not necessarily compatible with each other. Every agreement is like a separate living being, as it has its own personality and its own voice. There are conflicting agreements that go against other agreements, and on and on, until it becomes a big war in the mind. The Matoti is a reason humans 
hardly know what they want, how they want it, and when they want it. They don't agree with themselves because there are parts of the mind that want one thing and the other parts that want exactly the opposite. Some part of the mind has objections to certain thoughts and actions, and another part supports the actions of the opposing thoughts. And all these little beings create inner conflict because they're alive and they, uh, they have each other and give each other a voice. Only by making an inventory of our agreements we will we uncover all of the conflicts in the mind and eventually make order out of the chaos of the mind and out of the chaos of the metoti. Don't take anything personally because by taking things personally, you set yourself up to suffer for nothing. Humans are addicted to suffering at different levels and to different degrees, and we support each other in maintaining these addictions. Humans agree to help each other suffer. If we have the need to be abused, you will find it easy to be abused by others. Likewise, if you are with people who need to suffer, something in you makes you abuse them. It is as if they have a note on their back that says, please kick me. They are asking for justification for these sufferings. And their addiction to suffering is nothing but an agreement that is reinforced every day. Wherever you go, you will find people lying to you. And as your awareness grows, you will notice that you also lie to yourself. Do not expect people to tell you the truth because they also lie to themselves. You have to trust yourself and choose to believe and not to believe what anyone or someone says to you. When we really see other people as they are without taking it personally, we can never be hurt by what they say or do. Even if others lie to you, it is okay. They are lying to you because they are afraid. They are afraid that you will discover that they are not perfect. It is painful to take that social mask off. If others say one thing but do another, you are lying to yourself, and if you don't listen to their actions. But if you are truthful with yourself, you will save yourself a lot of emotional pain. Telling yourself the truth about it may hurt, but you don't need to be attached to the pain. Healing is on the way, and it is just a matter of time before things will be better for you. If someone is not treating you with love and respect, it is a gift that they walk, if they walk away from you. If the person doesn't walk away, you will surely endure many years of suffering with him or her. Walking away may hurt for a while, but your heart will eventually heal. Then you can choose what you really want. You will find that you don't need to trust others as much as you need to trust yourself to make the right choices. When you make it a strong habit not to take anything personally, you avoid many aspects in your life, or many upsets in your life. Your anger, jealousy, and envy will disappear. And even your sadness will simply disappear if you don't take things personally. If you can make this second agreement a habit, you will find that nothing can put you back into hell. There is a huge amount of freedom that comes to you when you take nothing personally. You become immune to black magicians and, and no spell can affect you regardless of how strong it may be. The whole world can gossip about you and if you don't take it personally, you are immune 
Someone can unintentionally send emotional poison, and if you don't take it personally, you will not eat it. When you don't take the emotional poison, it becomes even worse in the sender, but not in you. You can see how important this agreement is. Taking nothing personally helps you to break many habits and routines that trap you in the dream of hell and cause needless suffering. Just by practicing this second agreement, you begin to break dozens of of teeny tiny agreements that cause you to suffer. And if you practice the first two agreements, you will also break 75% of the teeny tiny agreements that keep you trapped in hell. Write this agreement on paper and put it on your refrigerator to remind you all the time, don't take anything personally. As you make a habit of not taking anything personally, you won't need to place your trust in what others do or say. You only need to trust yourself to make responsible choices. You are never responsible for the actions of others. You are only responsible for yourself. And when you truly understand this and refuse to take things personally, you can hardly be hurt by the careless comments or actions of others. If you keep this agreement, you can travel around the world with your heart completely open and no one can hurt you. You can say, I love you, without fear of being ridiculed or rejected. You can ask for what you need. You can say yes or you can say no. Whatever you choose, without guilt or self-judgment, you can choose to follow your heart always. Then you can be in the middle of hell and still experience inner peace and happiness. You can stay in your state of bliss, and hell would not affect you at all. So, that's the end of Chapter 3. And at this point, I'm going to take another short break and uh, share some thoughts with you about what we just read. Be back in a moment. relationships 
marriage, children, siblings. It's a lot to just deal with that. And then, of course, as Miguel was talking about, that we have our own inner conversation, our mind. Some of us who uh, who are healthy, mentally healthy, but still have this preponderance of this inner chatter and those voices. And you made an observation that, yes, we're able to actually communicate with another reality. He calls it Nagal, the Matoti, rather, where we're dealing with hearing voices and connecting with entities and energies from another realm, another realm. And that's something that's very much knowledgeable about those of us who are from the indigenous community or who still have ties with the indigenous community in terms of worship and ritual, recognizing that there are other realms of reality, other dimensions of reality. And, of course, one has to be trained in those areas in order to discern the meaning and the validity and, the, and what is it that's being heard in that inner voice? Is that coming from an angel? Is it coming from a deity? Is it coming from a guardian? What is it that you hear in the back of your mind that tells you something that could be helpful for you in terms of your awake state dream and also that could be harmful? So, Yes, it's, it's a, it takes work, and as he suggested to some of us, that some of us may want to even just write that down, don't take anything personal, and place it on your refrigerator, on the mirror in your bath, bathroom, wherever you happen to go frequently where you might just notice this, and on the monitor of your computer, to remind yourself, no, I will not take anything personal, because... No one knows you but you. Matter of fact, some of us don't even know ourselves unless we really are uh, really diligent in terms of introspection and analyzing who we are as a, as a human being, as a spiritual being, actually, first, and then as a human being. So, yeah, I, I just feel so... so uh, 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 happy that I'm able to read this type of material and this reinforces in my psyche the fact that indeed I have to always be mindful of not taking anything personal. One point he made also in terms of how there's a certain portion of our mind which will tell us certain things about what we think of ourselves and what we are, what we're doing. And if you're not careful you take it personal because that's coming from your inner thoughts. And, and that's, uh, my wife and I went to a, a, a gathering uh, yesterday, that was Friday evening, and one of the speakers actually was talking about linguistic um, programming. Oh, NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. Yeah, neuro-linguistic programming, NL, NLP. There are various programs out there. Uh, the forum, landmark, est, and what they all deal with is what they call clearing, clearing garbage, clearing debris, 
the, the young man yesterday was talking about the fact that if you can start at, at point, uh, say, D, and then they will take you to a process where you can go back to point A and 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 eliminate the negative energy that you have at point D, as it were, and start over again in terms of your emotion, the emotional balance. Of course, there's some people who go for therapy and they see a psychiatrist or a psychologist, rather. Some some of us go into group therapy. But uh, And then, of course, I was thinking as I was reading earlier about a lot of us try to self-medicate through uh, using drugs and alcohol included and sex and food, for that matter, in terms of addictions to eliminate that chatter, that multiple multiplicity of, uh, of voices that you hear. And by uh, medicating yourself, you're able to eliminate those voices. Now you're able to get as close to one voice as possible. And, of course, if you do the drugs too much, you have no voice. You, you're unconscious. So then you're in your dream state, so you're dreaming. So, uh, yes, indeed, this this is a very, very uh, important book to uh, to read and and to have in your library. And by the way, as I mentioned earlier, you can purchase this book by going to my website and also the front page of my blog talk page, and uh, you can purchase a copy of uh, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Okay, I'm going to uh, start Chapter 4, and um, I'm not sure if you have enough time to complete it, but I'm going to go as far as we can. And this next chapter deals with very powerful agreement as well, which a lot of us, I know I used to be guilty of it all the time. I'm getting a lot more better than I used to be, and that is not making assumptions. Don't make assumptions. How many of us make assumptions? You know, we tend to judge the book by the cover, as, as the old uh, adage goes. Don't judge a book by its cover. And so many of us, especially those of us who live here in the Western Hemisphere, we are so um, conditioned by how we look. You know, how what kind of hairstyle do you have? If you're an older person, middle age, and you're getting gray hair, ah, uh, you know, some of us we cannot stand to have any one strand of gray showing because. We don't want people to make the assumption that we're old. And if you're old, that means in men you're impotent and uh, you're, you're incompetent, uh, you're weak, on and on. With the woman, she's losing her beauty. And, of course, if you're not wearing a certain style of clothing and if you don't have uh, the recognized labels or, should I say, design, designer clothes, there's an assumption that's being made Either you're rich or you're very poor, or you're not socially conscious. You speak a certain way. What school did you go to, and so forth and so on. We are constantly uh, making assumptions about ourselves and about each other based on outer appearances. And then, of course, based on what is said and what's not said, there's an assumption that's being made. So this is a very powerful uh, along with not taking anything personal, not making assumptions. Another powerful agreement. 
another powerful uh, subject uh, matter. So I'm going to start by saying that we have, as Don Miguel says, we have the tendency to make assumptions about everything. The problem with making assumptions is that we believe they are the truth. We would swear that they are real. We make assumptions about what others are doing or thinking, and we take it personally. Then we blame them and react by sending emotional poison with our word. That is why whenever we make assumptions, we are asking for problems. We make an assumption, we misunderstand, we take it personally, and we end up creating a whole big drama for nothing. All the sadness and the drama that you have lived in your life are rooted in making assumptions and taking things personally. Take a moment to consider the truth of this statement. The whole world of control between humans is about making assumptions and taking things personally. Our whole dream of hell is based on that. We create a lot of emotional poison just by making assumptions and taking it personally. Because usually we start gossiping about our assumptions. Remember, gossiping is the way we communicate to each other in the dream of hell and transfer poison to one another. Because we are afraid to ask for clarification and we make assumptions and believe we are right without the assumptions. Then we defend our assumptions and try to make someone else wrong. It is always better to ask questions than to make an assumption because assumptions are set up for suffering. The big matoti in the human mind creates a lot of chaos which causes us to misinterpret everything and misunderstand everything. We only see what we want to see and hear, what we want to hear, and we don't perceive things the way that they are. We have the habit of dreaming with no basis in reality. We literally dream things up in our imaginations. Because we don't understand something, we make an assumption about the meaning. And when the truth comes out, the bubble of our dream pops, and we find out it was not what we thought it was at all. An example, you're walking in the mall, and you see a person you like. That person turns to you and smiles and then walks away. You can make a lot of assumptions just because of this one experience. With those assumptions, you can create a whole fantasy. And you really want to believe this fantasy and to make it real. A whole dream begins to form just from your assumptions. And you can believe, oh, this person really likes me. And in your mind, a whole relationship begins to form that. Maybe you even get married in this fantasy land. But the fantasy is in your mind, in your personal dream. Making assumptions in our relationships is really asking for problems. Often, we make the assumption that our partners know what we think and we don't have to say what we want. We assume they're going to do what we want because they know us so well. And if they don't do what we assume they should do, we feel so hurt and say, you should have known. Another example, you decide to get married. And you make the assumption that your partner sees marriage the same way that you do. Then you live together and you find out that this is not true. This creates a lot of conflict. 
but you still don't try to clarify your feelings about marriage. The husband comes home from work and the wife is mad, and the husband doesn't know why. Maybe it's because the wife made an assumption. Without telling him what she wants, she makes an assumption that he knows her so well that he knows what she wants, as if he can read her mind. She gets so upset because he fails to meet her expectations. Making assumptions in relationships leads to a lot of fights, a lot of difficulties, a lot of misunderstandings with people we're supposedly love. In any kind of relationship, we can make the assumption that others know what we think, and we don't have to say what we want. They're going to do what we want because they know us so well. And if they don't do what we want, what we assume they should do, we feel hurt and think, how could you do that? You should know. Again, we make assumptions that the other person knows what we want. A whole drama is created because we make this assumption and then we put more assumptions on top of it. It is very interesting how the human mind works and we have the need to justify everything to explain and understand everything in order to feel safe. I'm going to pause right now, and when I come back, I'm going to share with you a, um, a very important part of the diet that my family have and our family uh, embraces in terms of health. And uh, I will share that with you when I come right back. again. I um, had mentioned before the break that I was going to share with you some information about a health product that uh, my family and I consume. As a matter of fact, my wife, Spirit Change, 
is is recovered has recovered uh, at, at least 85 90% from diabetes that she uh, had diagnosed over a year ago, just over a year ago. And um, we both are vegetarians. I'm going on 20 years, and my wife is over four years now vegetarian. And through exercise and eating fruits and veggies, added to that, we drink a drink which is called Fruit Vita. And it's manufactured by an organization, ProImage. And Fruit Vita is a juice from Brazil. The ingredients is uh, the main ingredients is an acai berry. Acai is a very popular berry that's found in Brazil and other indigenous uh, countries of the surrounding area. It also has another ingredient called capuchi, which is a, a berry. And by the way, acai and capuchi, both of them are antioxidants and that they actually clean the blood. They purify the blood and uh, uh, reverse the, the spread of cancer cells and uh, free radicals within the body. And then the third ingredient that it has is yerba mate, which is from the caffeine family, and that gives you your energy. It gives you the boost of energy to uh, those of us who get drowsy or lethargic. By drinking just four ounces of this juice, you can be re reinvigorated and, and, um, and also along with the energy, you're getting your body, uh, you're getting nutrients and minerals and, and certain um, main vitamins that can benefit you, such as vitamin C, D, and E. So I recommend this juice. And for a limited time, uh, we, the juice is now available free of charge. Uh, you just pay for the, bon for the handling, shipping and handling, which is about $9.95, about $10.00. Bottles are 32-ounce bottles, worth about $35, but you can get it free by going to my website at www.tryfrutavita.com. That's try, T-R-E, Tom Roosevelt, yesterday, Fruta, F-R-U-T-A, Vita, V-like in victory, I-D-A.com, forward slash 45522. And you can get a free bottle. Or you can go to my um, page here on Blog Talk, and there's a link that you can link onto to get to the site, as well as by uh, going to my um, Facebook page. So please give it a try and let me know what you think of it. And by the way, there's an article that you can read by going to wesleygray.net. Uh, that's on a, a newspaper owned by... Uh, uh, Brother Milton Alamani, Black Star News, and that will explain to you my experience with Fruta Vida, and I've been taking it for about seven years now. As a matter of fact, I ran my 14th marathon, 14th New York marathon this past November. It took me about six and a half hours to run the race. You can see pictures of me running the race at uh, wesleygray.org, W-E-S-L-E-Y-G-R-A-Y dot O-R-G, and I can say without any hesitation, with integrity, that it was, if it wasn't for Frida Vida, I don't think I would have ran the race. I would have finished it, but I wouldn't have ran it as um, uh, fast as I did, and I wouldn't have recovered, which is a very important part of any race and any type of exercise, as it were, 
is the recovery. You know, some of us uh, get cramps and pains and sprains and so forth, but if you have a, a, a juice such as Fruit of Vita, it can assist you in so many ways. And, of course, this is not the only juice that you can drink that can get those benefits. It just happens to be the one that I purchase. So, uh, again, Fruta Vita. Uh, and I mentioned earlier, if those of you would like to purchase a drum in time for Black History Month, make a perfect gift for all the youngsters in your family, even newborn babies, to have a drum ready for them when they're ready to play and play with their toys, let the drum be one of their toys that they learn how to play. And, of course, the drum is not a toy. It is a very important part of our spiritual heritage, of, of our African tradition in terms of ritual. And those are things that I will talk about uh, perhaps at the next show, as a matter of fact. I will cover that, uh, the fact that, indeed, we have to approach the drum with the, with the reverence that it deserves, the fact that it comes from a living tree. Yeah, that tree has a soul, the tree has a spirit, and of course the skin that we beat upon comes from a living animal. And that animal has a soul, has a spirit, and of course those of us who eat meat, we definitely have to be reverent to that animal because it, it is able to sustain your life through the nourishment that you get from eating the meat. So, again, those drums can be purchased at drumsofchangedrumsofspirit.com or you can go to www.drumsofchange.com. Uh, I'm going to continue from where I left off. And that was uh, dealing with Chapter 4, Not Making Assumptions. Okay. Dominic Wells starts by, he continues rather, by saying that uh, we also make assumptions about ourselves, and, and this creates a lot of inner conflict. I think that I am uh, able to do this, and you make this assumption, for instance, that you discover that you aren't able to do it. You overestimate and underestimate yourself because you haven't taken the time to ask yourself questions and to answer them. And perhaps you need to gather more facts about a particular situation. Or maybe you need to stop lying to yourself about what you truly want. We have millions of questions that need answers because there are so many things that the reasoning mind cannot explain. It is not important if the answer is correct. Just the answer itself makes us feel safe. This is why we make assumptions. If others tell us something, we make assumptions, and if they don't tell us something, we make assumptions to fulfill our need to know and to replace the need to communicate. Even if we hear something and we don't understand, we make assumptions about what it means and then believe the assumption. We make all sorts of assumptions because we don't have the courage to ask questions. These assumptions are made so fast and so unconsciously most of the time because we have agreements to communicate this way. We have agreed that it is not safe to ask questions. We have agreed that people love us. We should know that if people love, love us, that they should know what we want and how we feel. What, when we believe something, 
We assume that we are right about it to the point that we will destroy relationships in order to defend our position. We also make assumptions about ourselves, and that creates a lot of inner conflict. Now, maybe you need to stop lying to yourself as you make assumptions about what you really want. Often when you go into a relationship with someone you like, you have to justify why you like that person. You only see what you want to see, and and you deny that there are things that you don't like about that person. You lie to yourself just to make yourself right. Then you make assumptions, and one of the assumptions is, my love will change this person. But this is not true. Your love will not change anybody. If others change, it's because they want to change, not because you can change them. Then something happens between the two of you and you get hurt. Suddenly, you see what you didn't want to see before. Only now it is amplified by your your emotional poison. Now you have to justify your emotional pain and blame them for your choices. We don't need to justify love. It is there or it's not there. Real love is accepting other people the way they are without trying to change them. And if we try to change them, this means we don't really like them. And, of course, if you decide to live with someone, if you make that agreement, it is always better to make that agreement with someone who is exactly the way you want him or her to be. Find someone whom you don't have to change at all. It is a much easier, it's much easier to find someone who is already the way you want him or her to be instead of trying to change that person. Also, that person must love you just the way you are. So he or she doesn't have to change you at all. If others feel they have to change you, that means they really don't love you just the way you are. So why be with someone if you do not, if you're not the way he or she wants you to be? We have to be what we are, so we don't have to present a false false image. If you love me the way I am, okay, take me. If you don't love me the way I am, okay, bye-bye. Find someone else. It may sound harsh, but this kind of communication means the personal agreements we make with others are clear and impeccable. Just imagine the day that you stop making assumptions with your partner and eventually with everyone else in your life. Your way of communicating will change completely, and your relationships will no longer suffer from conflicts created by mistaken assumptions. The way to keep yourself from making assumptions is to ask questions. Make sure the communication is clear. If you don't understand, ask. Have the courage to ask questions until you are clear as you can be. And even then, do not assume you know all there is to know about the given situation. Once you hear the answer... You will not have to make assumptions because you will know the truth. Also, find your voice to ask for what you want. Everybody has the right to tell you no or yes, but you always have the right to ask. Likewise, everybody has the right to ask you, and you have the right to say yes or no. And if you don't understand something, it is better for you to ask and be clear instead of making an assumption. The day you stop making assumptions, you will communicate cleanly and clearly, free of emotional poison. Without making assumptions, you will become impeccable. With clear communication, 
all of your relationships will change, not only, only with your partner, but with everyone else. You won't need to make assumptions because everything becomes so clear. That is what I want. That is what you want. If we communicate in this way, our world becomes impeccable. If all humans c- could communicate in this way, with impeccability of the word, there would be no need for wars, no violence, no misunderstandings. All human problems would be resolved if we could just have good, clear communication. This, then, is the third agreement. Don't make assumptions. This saying this sounds easy, but I understand that it is difficult to do. It is difficult because we so often do exactly the opposite. We have all these habits and routines that we are not even aware of. Becoming aware of these habits and understanding the importance of this agreement is the first step. But understanding its importance is not enough. Information or an idea is merely the seed in your mind. What will really make the difference is action. Taking the action over and over again strengthens your will, nurtures the seed, and establishes a solid foundation for the new habit to grow. After many repetitions, these new agreements will become second nature, and you will see how the magic of your word transforms you from a black musician into a white musician. A white musician uses the word for creation, giving, sharing, and loving. By making this agreement a habit, your whole life will be completely transformed. When you transform your whole dream, magic just happens in your life. When you need, what you need comes to you easily because spirit moves freely through you. This is the mastery of intent, the mastery of the spirit, the mastery of love, the mastery of gratitude, and the mastery of life. This is the goal of the Toltec. This is the path to personal freedom. So we just ended chapter four, not making assumptions. I'm happy that we were able to go through three chapters, especially uh, the uh, not making assumptions and having that resonate and also not taking anything personal and having that res- resonate through us. It's interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, there's so many of us who go through life through years of something that was done to us by someone who we thought we loved or who we did love, and they said something that was wrong. They they, they fed us some poison, as it were, and we took it personal and haven't forgiven them. That person has moved on with their life. They're not even thinking about it. They forgot about it. But we're suffering because of the fact that we still hold on to that suffering. Interesting thing it talks about that a lot of us are addicted to suffering. And there are people who search out others who they feel are addicted to suffering. And they feed them poison. Well, I believe it. I believe that energies attract energies who will help them fulfill something. 
I I feel that just like how many con artists know who to approach for their victims because they know the person is maybe naive or instead of saying naive, there there are many people who they like to see the good in others. Mm-hmm. They're prime targets to be victimized by a con artist because the con artist knows this person has such a good heart, da, 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 they're probably pushover, you know, that kind of thing. So the energies attract energies that they they size up subconsciously most of the time. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, this is someone that I can get over with or mm-hmm. get over on mm-hmm. because of their personality or their behavior or whatever the perception is of that opposing energy. That opposing energy knows who to approach. Mm-hmm. So I like that example of the con artist. They they know who to approach because there's certain people that a con artist might approach, might, you know, might consider approaching and they'd be afraid to because they know the person would tell them off or run them out of town or whatever. They know who to approach. Mm-hmm. So true. There's something that came to my mind in terms of the the, the uh, charlatan, the one who approaches those people based on greed. Mm-hmm. There's some people who they, they know this person is very greedy. Mm-hmm. We have this in our recent history in the last year or so where someone uh, was so uh, effective with this that he got hundreds of people to buy into uh, a, a, a an agreement, and they lost a lot of money, their life savings, their homes, and so forth. Well, you know, that's, um, you know, those are all examples of, uh, those are all examples of what happens with these, with these opposing energies and, you know, what you talked about not taking things personally. We take things personally because they happened to us and because they hurt. Mm Mm-hmm. That's where the taking it personally is. It didn't happen to somebody else. You weren't watching it on television. It happened to you. Mm-hmm. That's why you're taking it personally. Mm-hmm. But the idea is to be able to retrain ourselves. Mm-hmm. To retrain ourselves. There are many people in the world who don't take things personally, but they grew up in a supportive family or an environment where that was what they learned. They learned not to take things personally. The people who take things personally is because we grew up in families where people took things personally. Yes. And you heard it. You heard the stories around the dinner table. Mm-hmm. How dare so-and-so do that to me? How dare so-and-so do such-and-such at, at my office? You know, if you grew up in a family where things were taken personally and as a child, those were the conversations you heard in the living room or sitting around the dinner table, well, yes, you're going to grow up being what you learned, and Mm -hmm. you'll take things personally, too. But when you realize that it is not working for you, Mm -hmm. it is not working for you, and uh, as some authors will say, the reason you found this book or you were attracted to this book is because you were seeking from whatever is going on with you, and so the universe, the most high, your guardians, angels, whatever you choose to call the energy, you were led to this book so that you could get the assistance 
that you were desperately praying for. Right. So as far as, you know, again, going back to taking things personally, you take you, you do what you learned. You mm. do what you learned when you were growing up. And it's interesting because uh, the, the teacher told us the job in school or wherever, we're conditioned to think that gossiping, that complaining, gossiping, oh, you know, he or she did to me and they think this and that, no, and, and people will spend, I mean, I know when I used to ride the subway all the time and, and public transportation, invariably in one car there would be at least one or two people who would be gossiping endlessly, you know, without, without any cease of, of taking a breath, uh, deviating from that particular mode of gossip. And it becomes draining. And like he, uh, Don says, it becomes a poison. And everyone is taking a piece of, is tasting a piece of the poison. And then they think that it's normal, that it's food, it's nourishment. Well, as you mentioned earlier, that is very largely a Western orientation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you look at, uh, like, for instance, there's this, um, I believe it was called Siri, it was either Siri X or Siri Z, I believe it was Siri X, mm-hmm. and it was um, regarding the Japanese workforce. Yes. And uh, there were also talks about the way the Japanese children were raised at home they they studied hard. They had to study, I believe it was six days a week, something like that. They were in school. You know, way different than the Western culture here in the United States. Um, respect to the parents, respect to the elders. They had different work ethics. Productivity in the Japanese firms was so far superior to here because they weren't sitting around gossiping all day and mm-hmm. trying to get their fellow employees in trouble and all the kinds of nonsense that we all know goes on here. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they're not doing that. And so their productivity, the way they look at business, the way, the way they look at life mm-hmm. is way different. So we're, we're also, like you said, in this Western culture, a lot of these are issues that have to be addressed, and they're cultural. They're cultural. And when, when people recognize that, then they say, how can I get out of the box? Mm-hmm. What can I do so that while I'm in the box, I don't have to let the activities inside this box affect me anymore? Mm-hmm. And then you start trying to make up for lost time. And the older you are, the more time, obviously, you have to make up for mm-hmm. and turn things around. But it's not impossible. So fortunately, we have authors like Mr. Ruiz and many, many others um, who followed, who followed their calling, who listened to their spirit guides, who were obedient to their life path once they were able to recognize it, and wrote these books, and their teaching, and lecturing, and putting out DVDs and CDs and everything else so that people that are trying to get this knowledge and change their life around, that, that it's available to them. So I'm, I'm just grateful. Absolutely. I'm grateful to the, to the authors and the, and the speakers and lecturers. And well, there's I, too many to call their names. There's, there's just too many. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I'm grateful for you. 
Oh, thank you, and I'm grateful for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my my wife and future author, a very near future author. Future author of spiritual books, because as you yes. know, I have authored other books, but mm-hmm. not in line with the work that right. I do now, so I, I don't really mention it. Right. But uh, future, well, actually quite close to publish author of spiritual books, mm-hmm. as opposed to the educational books and things that I wrote about in the past. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I'm, I'm grateful to the Most High for allowing me to continue to have breath in my body to be able to do the work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we give thanks to the Most High. I, I give thanks to um, the listening audience. I give thanks to those of you in the chat room uh, for tuning in. Uh, we really appreciate uh, the opportunity to share and the opportunity for you to uh, to listen in and take the time of, of your evening, a Saturday evening, to tune into our show. Uh, my wife has a show actually tomorrow morning as well, uh, which is always a dynamic show and presentation. She's been having guests uh, on her show. Um, and uh, yes, indeed, uh, my my chat room guests, it, this is so cool. <laughs> it's so cool to have you listening in. Oh, I have to apologize to the chat room guests because I had, told, I had said that I was going to be hosting the chat room, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm obviously not. And the reason is the computer that I was using to host is giving me challenges. Yes. So I'll, I'll just have to sit here and talk to you. I can't, I can't host the chat room yeah. tonight. So I, I do have to apologize. I'm sure people are saying, well, Spirit Chain signed on and said, hi, everybody, <laughs> I'm going to be in here with you, and uh, she's not. Right. So, you know, yeah. I did want to mention that. That's good, good that you didn't mention Right. That. I didn't try to shun my duties. I, I have a valid reason. Right. Technical difficulty. Yes, and that happens every now and then. Uh, but, um, oh, you're welcome. Uh, thank you so much for, uh, for uh, being able to receive what we're sharing. Thank you for tuning in. And I just want my wife to share with you, uh, the listening audience and those of you in the chat room, actually there's one person right now, who uh, in terms of uh, my wife's show this, that will be aired tomorrow morning, would you like to share with them? Well, tomorrow, whoever can tune in, we're going to have a great time. The show, we're talking about transformation, and I'm just going to... Uh, just go off on a little bit of a tangent for a moment. As you know, I'm one of the high priestesses in the Shrine of Kepara, and that's a comedic, comedic culture, not religion, culture. And the guardian of transformation is Kepara. So I, I may be invoking Kepara quite a bit tomorrow on the show because the show is talking about changing your life for the year 2011. And basically, many of us, and I've been there from time to time, I, I go there again, I don't see change in certain areas happening as quickly as I would like it to. And tomorrow we're going to be talking about techniques. We're going to be discussing why we tend to be stuck in a rut. And that's like a famous one-liner, you feel like you're in a rut. Mm-hmm. And fact of the matter is, you are. But why? Why? Why do, we, why do we make little changes and then backtrack? We say we're going to do this and something will happen, and, and then we just go fall right back into the same patterns again 
And so I'm going to be talking about it from the standpoint of let us heal our past lives. It's the past that is creating the present if you don't handle it. So that's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow. There are ten fears, ten fears. We're going to be talking about fears. We're going to be talking about goals and motivations. And when it's all said and done, we're going to have a glimpse because we're just doing, you know, this segment tomorrow. I'm going to do this as a series. And we're going to get a glimpse of what it's like to have a past life fear affect you in the present and prevent your success. So we'll be talking about the fear of authority. We might not cover all of these tomorrow because it's a lot. That's why I'm doing this as a series. Mm -hmm. And we're taking our time because I'd like everybody to really be able to wrap their head around it so that we can move forward and people can start talking about all these wonderful testimonies of what they achieved as a result of getting this information. Mm -hmm. We need to, because that's the point of it. We're giving this information not to just have something to talk about on a Sunday morning. We could be sleeping instead, right? So we're giving this information because we want people to get what they want. We want you to have what you want. Mm. But how do you get there? Mm -hmm. So you get there by this information, and we're going to talk about it. So here's some of the fears. We have from our past lives the fear of authority, the fear of loss. Mm -hmm. You might have had your whole family wiped out in front of you in a past life. Fear of loss, fear of inferiority. Mm. And you were talking about that before with the with the little girl that was singing and her mother said she sounded terrible. Yes. And okay, fear of loss, fear of inferiority, fear of betrayal. Mm. Why would somebody pull out the carving knife before their spouse che- because their spouse cheated on them as opposed to just saying, "Hey, it's over. Mm. Have a nice life. See ya." Mm-hmm. Right? But some people, that's how you know that something is a past life that something is being um, triggered by something that happened in your past life. And I'm going to answer the question. Someone said, what time is the show? It's 9 a.m. Eastern Time. 9 a.m. Eastern Time. We're in New York City. It's Eastern Time. And um, how do you know that something is a trigger from your past life? Because you react violently to it. Mm -hmm. Okay? You ever notice some people are, like, terrified of maybe a bug or or some people have a fear of heights or whatever. They might have fallen off of a cliff in a past life. It has to be something traumatic in order for you to react violently to it. Absolutely. Okay? Otherwise, it's just an occurrence because what triggers me may not affect you at all. That's why many people will say, you'll hear people say, so what her boyfriend cheated on her? Maybe she needs to find somebody to cheat on and call it a day. What's the big deal? That's because they might not have had a past life experience where the cheating maybe led to them being killed or something. Mm -hmm. You see? So that's how we're able to determine. That's how we're able to determine if something is a trigger from a past life experience. You're going to react violently to something that the next person, it might not be a big deal to them. Okay? You may freak out because you lost your job. Somebody else might say, I couldn't stand that crummy job anyway, and don't go, and two weeks from now they find something new. So what's the difference between the two people? 
mm-hmm. the person that's like freaking out because they lost their job is very, very, not possibly, but probably having a past life flashback of when they might have lost their income, and as a result of that, maybe their family starved to death or something something major happened to trigger. So that's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow. Some of them are and some more of the past life fears, the fear of failure, fear of intimacy, that's a big one. That's a biggie. Why do you keep going out with people who you know are not interested in a committed relationship, but you say you want to get married? Mm. So you're dealing with a fear of intimacy, but you're subconsciously choosing people that you know are Casanovas. Why would you do that? <laughs> because you, you're addicted to suffering. You're addicted to suffering, but it's being triggered from past yes. life Absolutely. experiences. And that's what we're talking about. we got to clear yes. that away. Yes. we got to get rid of that so that you can align yourself to receive the things that you say you want to receive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, we're going to have a good time tomorrow. This, this right. show is going to be interesting. That's, that's we won't be able to cover everything. We won't be able to cure everybody. Mm-hmm. Not in one show. But okay. we are going to be doing this in a series. Absolutely. And I am going to take time with each one of these. Here are some more of them, fear of self-expression. Mm-hmm. You ever notice a lot of people, no matter what, they sit there, they call them a wallflower. Why is she so quiet? Why, yeah. why does he never say anything? What happened in your past life? Mm-hmm. Maybe in your past life you were in an environment where somebody would beat the crap out of you every time you opened your mouth. Right. And you, you died before you were able to work that out. Mm-hmm. So you bring it to this life. And now you walk around being the shy one, the quiet one. You don't know why you can't break out of it. And you break out in hives if you're in a social situation and you have to talk. You break out in hives and you don't know the reason. Past life, it's very serious. Here's some more. Fear of powerlessness. Fear of death. Ah, biggie. Fear of rejection. Especially in the Western Hemisphere. Yes, fear of death, fear of rejection. Mm -hmm. So, So we'll be talking about this tomorrow. We'll, we'll make a declaration of intent to our soul. Mm-hmm. Because unless you declare something, you're not going to change. Right. So if, if you really want to change your life, mm-hmm. if you really, really are serious about changing your life, you're going to declare to yourself and the universe, you don't have to tell me, you don't have to tell your best friend, right. you don't have to tell anybody, mm-hmm. but between you and the universe, you will make a declaration, which is just a statement of your intent, that you're going to remain on your path to live the life that you were intended to live. That's a heavy statement because the words sound nice, Mm -hmm. but some people might panic just thinking, wow, that really means I've got to change something now. And in changing something, am I going to lose my friends? Am I going to have to get a divorce? Will I be able to deal with my spouse anymore? Mm-hmm. Because I'm changing. Mm-hmm. So just saying that on paper, that's like, wow, that sounds nice. Yes. But when you actually make that declaration to the universe, mm-hmm. I'm telling y'all, be ready. That's because good. change is going to happen, and things can happen as quickly as directly after the show. Absolutely. Things may start changing in people's lives. So just be aware of it. Don't be afraid of it. Embrace it. Enjoy it. And congratulations to whoever chooses to take that step to change their life. Absolutely. So, so that's what you know. That's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be moving in that direction. And 
I'm going to stay with this mm-hmm. the entire year. Maybe not every show, mm-hmm. maybe not every topic, but I'm telling you, every time you turn around, I'm coming back to this. Absolutely. Because for 2011, my declaration of intent is to help as many people as I can mm-hmm. create the type of lives for themselves that they want to have. Absolutely. So that's my declaration, mm-hmm. and I can't, I'm not going back on that promise. Mm-hmm. I'm going to help as many people as I can create the type of lives that they want to live for themselves, Mm -hmm. whether they want to change their life for as far as finances, whether they want to change their romantic endeavors, whether they want to change their their health. It doesn't matter because everybody wants different things. It doesn't matter what you want. Mm -hmm. Once you recognize what's holding you back from doing it, then you're able to move forward. But if you don't know what's causing it, basically you just keep taking two steps forward and walking into the wall and getting knocked back again, maybe a little bit wiser, maybe a little bit stronger, but not at the rate of acceleration that you really want to right. consider yourself, quote, unquote, happy. Right. So, anyway, well, <laughs> that's, give, that's give, what we're doing here. Give, give uh, the, the complete... Uh, uh, you gave the time. What is the station? What is the uh, website? Okay, so we're okay. so we're here on Blog Talk Radio tomorrow, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, and my show is New Spirit Talk Radio, and that's spelled N-U-S-P-I-R-I-T, Talk Radio. And if you if you plug into me on Facebook, you'll see that I have it posted on my profile. If you plug into me on Twitter you see that I posted right. it on Twitter mm-hmm. um, this evening. Absolutely. So you just have to go to um, Spirit Change on Twitter or Spirit Change on Facebook, and you'll you'll see the details. That's great. If you're not able to listen to the show tomorrow live, uh, as you know, all of these shows are archived. That's true. And I post, it on my, I post the archived show on my Facebook page. Just to make it easier, you just have to go on my Facebook page, click on it, and the show will start for you, and... And yes, that's about it. That's great. Well, I'm, I'm excited. I'm uh, excited too. I'm looking forward to uh, to reading the book beginning uh, next week. Right, and, and I didn't even mention the name of the book. The name right. of the book is so apropos. The name of the book is The Transformation by Ainsley McLeod. Yes, yes. The Transformation by yes. Ainsley McLeod. Anyone that wants to buy it can just go on my blog talk radio show, click on the link for my bookstore, New Spirit Books. It's a secure website because it's connected to Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. And you just get the book and go through it on your own because I'm not going to be reading the entire book on the show. I'm just going to be reading excerpts as it pertains to what we're talking about. Right. So um, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty revved up for tomorrow. Oh, that's And for the coming, um, the coming weeks, and, weeks and months because, again, my goal this year and in general, but I just, 2011, things need to happen. You know, you, you well, get you get tired. Well, you know, you get you hear so many stories mm-hmm. every day. Would be to my friends, people I work with at the job. You, you know, it's just so many people that are just unhappy, unfulfilled, can't get what they want, mm-hmm. claim that nothing is changing, and it's like, okay, let's do something to invoke this change. Let's yes. let's make this happen. So, what can we do to help people? step it up to the next level, and get what they want to get. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, if you, can't, um, if you can't find out 
what you need to find out from your past, you can be stuck where you are right now. Mm-hmm. And is that a 100% rule? No. But I do know that the majority of the people that I talk to are having, you know, a lot of past life trauma. I had a young lady, I didn't tell you about it last night because I just couldn't deal with it mm-hmm. myself because coming home, you know, I don't like to talk about the office, I, you know, because I've, I've been there, I've had enough right. of it for that day. Right. And I don't like to bring it home. I come home, I like to change the energy. But there's a young lady that I was dealing with at work that she was going through a situation with another staff member and nobody was believing her and she was really upset. And yesterday she made the ultimate statement that made my antenna fly up sky high and she said, what do I have to do, kill myself to get somebody to listen to me? And I said to her, listen to me right now. I am going right now to get the phone and call 911 and mobile crisis if you ever say anything like that again. And nobody should ever take you to that point where you would even think of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I stayed late, and I was glad you were late picking me up because I said to her, I am not leaving you alone today mm-hmm. until I know that your boyfriend is coming to pick you up. Because she said her boyfriend was picking her up after work. And right. I said, did you call him? And she said, no. I said, well, guess what? I am not leaving here until I know that he came and got you. Mm-hmm. Because anybody that mentions, what do I need to do, kill myself for somebody to believe me, that's a serious thing for somebody to say. Absolutely. And that's a really, that person is really hurting, mm-hmm. okay? That person is really, really hurting, and I had my hand on my phone to call 911 if she had said anything else that made it even sound like there was the possibility that she might try to do something. Mm-hmm. And um, so I did um, I did make sure that her boyfriend had come that's and good. gotten her that's before good. I left. And, and, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. When we face these challenges, and she's, is she unique? No. She might have felt comfortable around me to say something like that because mm-hmm. she was talking to me mm-hmm. and she feels very comfortable in my presence. Mm-hmm. But how many people have those thoughts and they don't have nobody to express it to? Okay, so there's a lot of people walking around going through a lot of stuff, something, and what might seem, what might seem like nothing to me or someone else, is a big thing to somebody else, and that's how you know that they're having triggers from a past life experience. Mm-hmm. Because the thing that upset her, that pushed her to the edge like that, mm-hmm. to me it was like, well, if that person had said that to me. You know, the thing that was said to her that made her get so upset, I know that if someone had said that to me, I probably would have given them a couple of choice words and never thought about it again. Mm -hmm. So that's the point that I'm making. That's with past lives, when someone reacts so traumatically to something that the average person would say, that's what you're upset about? Mm -hmm. They're having a past life trigger, Mm -hmm. okay? And it has to be dealt with because it, it usually doesn't get much better. It gets bearable, it gets workable, but we're talking about things changing, mm-hmm. not riding the wave. We're talking about going past it. Right. Yeah, so that's what we're talking about because that's how you get to really enjoy the abundance and the fulfillment and abundance being real to you in your face as opposed to a concept or that's the power word for this month or, you know, instead of it being like that, instead of it being a jargon. 
It becomes yeah. real. The abundance primarily, because normally a lot of times we say abundance, we're thinking about money. But money is a byproduct. Abundance in terms of joy, abundant health, in this case mental health. Right, mental abundance. health. Spiritual Physical health. Physical health. Physical that's, health. That's a state of abundance. All of the, the body, mind, and spirit, if you have that health in those particular three areas, if you have a abundant health, then indeed you're rich, you're very wealthy. If you don't there's so have, many people uh-huh. who have wealth, money, but are very sick. Yes. In terms of their spirit, and body, physical. and mind. Sure, sure. And they would give up all of their money if they could have that. To be able to walk around well. Absolutely. 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 There's a paradox with that, that word abundance. Well, I look at abundance, and I I even sign some of my notes and some of messages and Mm -hmm. email messages and things to people. Um, I know at the end, when I do readings by email, Mm -hmm. I write to people that I wish them love and life and abundance in all of its forms. Absolutely. That's the wish, that's I like the that. blessings that I, I give I to people. It. I, I wish it. you abundance in all of its forms. Yes, because I want you to know I'm not just talking about money. Mm-hmm. As you said, you already listed them. You're talking about health, happiness. I'm talking about abundance and having good relationships. Yes, yes. Having people around you that actually have your back. Mm-hmm. Having people around you that have your best interest in mind as opposed to being a friend because they have an agenda. Mm-hmm. such as what can they get from you. Right. That's not a friend, right. okay? <laughs> so, you know, so that's so abundance also is having good people in your life that have your best interest in mind, mm-hmm. no strings attached, no agenda. Mm-hmm. Those are friends. That's abundance in friendships. Absolutely. You know, so there, there's so many different forms of abundance. Abundance just in being peaceful and being able to mm. come home. Mm. Can you imagine? I mean, there are many people that come home from work every day. You're already stressed out from the office, yes. right? You come home, now it's like all chaos is in your house. You, you can't even have peace in your home. Mm-hmm. Okay, so abundance as far as peace in your home. Absolutely. That you can come home and relax and kick your shoes off mm-hmm. and nobody's really bothering you or stressing you and you can sit and meditate mm-hmm. and just feel good because you're home mm-hmm. and be glad that you're home, not feeling that, Okay, I know I just got off work, but, you know, forget about going home. It's a mess there. Maybe I'll go to the bar. Yeah. You know, and I'm not downing people that want to go to the bar for entertainment. That's your business. You want to go, you go because you want to have a good time. Where I'm concerned is that you're going to the bar because you don't want to go home. That's a different energy altogether, okay? That's a way different energy altogether. So there's so many different forms of abundance, peace in the home, your health, your family. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, definitely finances because you, you need that. Definitely. We live in a capitalistic society. You can't turn on your lights and have the lights come on if you don't have the money to pay your light bill. Mm-hmm. So financial abundance is very real. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's very, very real. So. So we so we're talking about assisting as many people as we can yes. this this year and and going forward. But I'm I'm just I'm focusing on a 12 month. Well, now it's 11 months. It's already February next week, right? Mm-hmm. We'll go figure with that. But um, 
we, we want to break things into sections. We don't want to stretch too far ahead. Mm-hmm. So I feel that committing to a year mm-hmm. of assisting people with abundance by talking about healing past lives, mm-hmm. by talking about creating creating new ideals, by talking about let's take a look at what's going on with you by doing readings. You know, if you need a reading, get a reading, do what you have to do. Look at where the focus is. Look at what the oracle suggests. Just whatever needs to be done to propel yourself forward for 2012. Yes. Well, you know, the, the, the objective is something that's doable, and, and need it, like you were saying. And it seems as if there's a conversation that's happening throughout the community, you know, the uh, African diaspora especially, that we're dealing with change, with the expectation of change. Uh, the word change has been being used for the last couple of years now in terms of social change, political change, community change. So uh, I'm, just, I'm very, very excited about uh, you starting this book and sharing it with us tomorrow morning. It's really exciting. And, of course, uh, all the things that we're doing are leading into this particular uh, idea of changing for the better, of healing. Actually, the operative word also is healing, individual healing and collective healing. Well, that's that's, what it's about, collective and and individual healing, transformation. Yes. And that's Kepra, new Kepra, new Kepra. Yes. So, uh, indeed, uh, that's something that I've had on my mind and, and the books that I've been selecting mentally and even writing them down, uh, recognizing, as Zukov mentions in his book, The Seed of the Soul, which is a book that's uh, on the list of me, including in my readings, uh, that we're here to assist, assist each other in healing that part of our soul that needs to be healed. And part of that healing process is what uh, Spirit Change was just um, sharing with us, is uh, recognizing that we all have had past life experiences that were very traumatic, which which left us in a state of uh, needing uh, that part of our soul, of our psyche, our spiritual psyche to be healed. So, uh, indeed, there are no accidents. We're all in congruence with this, this direction that we're going. Uh, and it's very exciting. And check this out as far as with our Western society. Mm-hmm. Uh, the orientation is to stay away from that knowledge. Yes. To shy away from it and to actually make people afraid of it and to make people not want to have to look at it. Absolutely. Okay? Absolutely. Because in other, in other cultures, definitely in the Hindu culture, you know, Western, Absolutely. They, they very much, they, they have it out front. Mm-hmm. They have a much healthier... Mm-hmm attitude when it comes to reincarnation, past lives, learning about it, that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. But uh, I just, you know, wanted to mention that, that in our society here in, you know, in the Western society, we we were actually um, encouraged to not look at it, not deal with it, stay away from that. Oh, that's trouble. That's whatever labels want to be given to it, and it's the very thing that is needed to help us. Well, we we recognize that uh, the powers that be maintain their power by keeping us in the state of fear, keeping us 
in a state of apprehension. And thus also, by being in that state, we negate the book that I'm reading today, The Principles of the Four Agreements. We are conditioned to feel that it's okay to make assumptions. It's okay to not have an impeccable uh, speech, an impeccable word. That you can lie. You can tell a little white lie, a little black lie. That uh, you can fudge on not doing your best. You're working. Well, yes, you can sit down and feather bed, as this expression goes in the union, where you're getting paid for not doing any work. So, uh, indeed, uh, we, we're dealing with a society which condones doing the opposite of what we just shared in the book of the Four Agreements. Well, one of the guests in the chat room put an arrow towards themselves and said they're on the construction, and I love that. <laughs> Listen to me, we're all on the construction. Yes, I indeed. am too. Yes. <laughs> we're yes. all on the construction. Yes, I yes, love we it. Are. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're here on this earth plane right now, because we're under construction. And it's interesting yes. that um, in one of the books that I read, matter of fact, it's the book that I'll be talking, one of the books I'll be talking mm -hmm. about tomorrow, because I'm also going to be using material from um, Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield's book, Dare to yeah, Win, yeah, yeah, and you yeah. know that they were a couple of the authors mm -hmm. of The Secret. Mm -hmm. And um, But it's, I believe it's this book that it says, if you, if you did not have trauma in your past life, you probably wouldn't have been led to this book. Right. And it's so true. Absolutely. It's so true. We're getting what we need. Absolutely. We're getting what Absolutely. we need. Well, there's just many books, thousands of books out there, which... Uh, it's clear to me, and I've learned this and I've embraced the, the truth of it, that everyone that is here on this plane, unless you're uh, an ascended soul, a seer, a sage, as it were, a, a guru, a, a, a uh, person who has evolved and who's just here to make, actually to make assist, give assistance on this pure level, and you were born into this particular state, that you're here because, indeed, you need to heal that part of your soul, that part of your spirit that was damaged, that was hurt, that was in image, that was um, injured, as it were. Absolutely. And, and we're here. What, what I'm doing is, um, with the series that I'm coming up with regarding transformation for the year 2011, is assisting people in finding... I, identify those parts of your soul that's splintered because many of us are splintered and we know we're splintered. We just don't know where and how. Mm -hmm. And if you know where you're splintered, how you're splintered, the circumstances that mm -hmm. you became splintered, it's a little bit easier to heal than casting your fishing hook into the dark and, well, whatever comes back, maybe that's what's wrong with me, but I'm not sure. Yeah. It, it's better to at least have a direction. Yes, well, and that's the, the what we're direction, trying to do. The direction is, you're given the options of the directions and so forth, and, and that's that's a start. So we're about to end the show. Uh, I'm, I'm so happy that uh, you were able to tune in again, and uh, I thank all of you uh, in the chat room who uh, tuned in and shared your thoughts, and I'm with hope that you will join us again next Saturday. Uh, and tomorrow. And tomorrow, <laughs> of course, for Spirit Changes show. Uh, I would like to say a prayer before ending the show. And this is a prayer that 
I say this about every morning, along with other prayers and meditative uh, chanting that I do and affirmations. And it was authored by Marianne Williamson. Uh, she's uh, a, a writer and author of many books, and one particular book, Illuminata, uh, is a book that I extracted this prayer from. And it's called a morning prayer, but it can also be apropos to be called, uh, it would be apropos to call it an evening prayer. And I say this by acknowledging the Most High. And dear God, I give this evening to you. May my mind and may our minds stay centered on the things of spirit. And may we not be tempted to stray from love. As we end this day, and begin this evening, I we open up, we open to receive you, and we ask that you please enter where you already abide. May our minds and heart be pure and true, and may we not deviate from the things of goodness. And may we see the love and innocence in all mankind behind the masks we all wear and the illusions of this worldly plane. We surrender to you our doings this day, and we ask only that they serve you in the healing of the world. And may we bring your love and goodness with us to give unto others wherever we go and make us the person that you would have us be and direct our footsteps and show us what you would have us do. Make the world a safer, more beautiful place and bless all your creatures and heal us all and use us, dear Lord, that we might know the joy of being used by you. I mean, we give thanks again. I thank all of you for tuning in. I say alafia hetipu namaste assalamu alaikum. Peace and blessings. I extend the love and appreciation to my elders, my ancestors, my mother-in-law, my siblings, my friends and associates and colleagues and to my lovely wife, spirit change. All praises due. Love is extended to you. Be well, and we look forward to you tuning in tomorrow morning to Spirit Change's show. Peace and blessings. We'll talk soon again. <laughs>